Welcome to From the Producer's Office, a series of informal podcasts with Opera Holland Park's Director of Opera, James Clutton. In conversation with creatives and collaborators, we explore the process of putting opera on stage and how the artists involved approach their craft. Hello, welcome to From the Producer's Office. I'm James Clutton, Director of Opera, Opera Holland Park. Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, we're in the end of September now, and I'm sitting on the terrace of the Royal Opera House, the London's second opera house, Opera um, <laughs> Holland Park, um, and it's looking beautiful here. And uh, I'm here with uh, two people from that are going to be working on the Merry Widow in 2020. I've got soprano Alison Langer and director Christopher Luscombe. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for coming here. Um, Chris, let's, uh, I just want to clarify that um, Royal Opera House is by far number one opera house in London, of course. <laughs> we love it. We've got so many friends here. Um, um, so, Chris, I've known you for many years. Well, we've known each other for many years on a, on a uh, not close basis for many years. The first time I met you was during, when you were doing Shakespeare Review in the West End. That's right. Uh, when would that have been, roughly? 95. 95, yeah. right. Here we go. And, and recently had two massive hits with Love Labour's Lost and Much Ado About Nothing at the RSC and the great Nell Gwen at the Globe, which was yeah. a fantastic piece of work in every way. And made your operatic debut this summer uh, for, with Full Star for Grange Festival. Yeah, I'd been wanting to do opera for such a long time and, and that's how we got chatting and you remember uh, all those years ago when we when I was doing the Shakespeare Review. Um, and I think, you know, I have loved coming to see stuff at Holland Park over the years, and it's something I really was so keen to do something for you, and it was just great when you offered Merry Widow, because that's a piece that I don't know that well, but I love it, and I couldn't, couldn't wait to explore it. And so so it's when, really when you exciting. say about wanting to do it, did you know opera when you were growing up? Was it in the family? or? Yeah, it was, it, but not in, the, not in a very serious way, but my uh, mother is quite a keen amateur musician and um, she listens to opera and, and my dad does to sort of join in the fun but <laughs> it's more her thing and her father was very interested in music and he was a, a very serious opera goer so I think I've sort of always grown up with I think in a way um, it's to do with loving the theatre yeah. that I can't understand how anyone could love theatre and not love opera mm-hmm. uh, it's the most theatrical art form isn't it and so when I was little, I, I just the idea of going to see an opera was just so exciting because it was telling a story on stage with people, not only acting but singing too, even better. And when you, um, because I think that, uh, that when you've done a lot of work at the RSC with Shakespeare plays, there's a lot of um, things that are common about in the 21st century about Shakespeare and opera in the way that often updating things yeah. and making them relevant to today because they, they tend to be universal and timeless themes. Yeah, I think that's really the reason that I felt I, sort of emboldened to have a go at opera was because I was doing these big Shakespeare productions on quite a big scale with a lot of music in them. Um, I think Shakespeare lends himself to music and so I would often have brilliant composers com- doing wonderful settings of not only the songs but incidental music and a big company, lots of people to organise on a big stage yeah. with a lot of scenery and I thought well actually what's the difference really yeah. and then doing musicals as well I just felt that I could perhaps have a go um, and and I've discovered in, in working on opera so far that it, it, they are very similar people like to put these things into boxes but actually there's so much in common I, I absolutely absolutely agree and you're going out to work with my great friend Mary Miller at um, Bergen Opera to do Sweeney Todd soon yeah that's that's great because it's it's obviously a musical that we all love 
Sweeney Todd is probably, I don't know, is it Sondheim's masterpiece? People say it is. It's one of his best. Yeah. And I've always wanted Assassins to do it. Assassins for me. Assassins for me. Assassins I, I for love you. Assassins. And maybe Follies for me. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty obvious. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they're all great, and he's a very good composer. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really thrilled to be doing it, and to be doing it with an opera company, Bergen National mm. Opera, with an international cast of opera singers. Um, the great Su- Susan Bullock. Susan Bullock as yeah. Mrs. Lovett. I mean, yeah. what, what could be better than that? I mean, that is dream, that is <laughs> dream, dream casting. casting yeah. Yeah. She did, it, uh, she did uh, that uh, a fundraiser for us once. Just, oh, just did the number. she? Yeah, did yeah, she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was pretty good. She's pretty good. Yeah, so <laughs> we've done a dress rehearsal for her for you. Um, so in a, in a fabulous segue, um, Alison uh, Sondheim, uh, <laughs> subtle, subtle, uh, um, a lot of people that haven't been at Holland Park might have seen you in uh, the Follies at the National. Did mm-hmm. it both times? I did. Yeah, that was a show and a half. It was. That was. How did that come about? Because were you the only opera singer in that? Um, apart from Dame Joan, Dame Plisty, obviously. Okay. Yep. Yes, kind of. I was really. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that came about because when I was training at Guildhall, I was in the chorus for. Chaplin the musicals so the actors put on the musicals each year but they get some of the undergrad singers to come and bulk up the singing for the chorus and we worked with Bill Deemer who was the choreographer and then so I I did lots of dancing in that lots of you know singing and then got this email from the National saying oh Bill Deemer's given your name to us very nice would you like to come in and have an audition so you know it just goes to show doing something like that can lead to it all leads it all leads to something like that and as you just referred to there you you went ahead of my notes there um, (laughs) you were the younger self Heidi for the two dames Josephine Bessner and Dame Felicity Locke what a what a lovely thing honestly I I can't I still like me and I call her Flop, but I still don't like calling her Flop. I have to call her Dame Felicity. Dame Felicity, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but she's amazing. Both of them were amazing. When I did the Young Artist Violetta, yeah. um, I was doing Follies. When you offered it to me, I was doing yeah. Follies. The first time with Dame Jo, and she sat down and went through everything with me. She was amazing to have all that advice from her. Yeah. And then um, when Felicity came in, she was so warm and kind, and yeah. she's and giving me coachings and you know and just oh, lovely. and the, the great thing about the two of them is how different they made the older Heidi oh, yeah. so it, and they brought something completely different so it was so nice to do it again but completely different it was did you see it Chris you know. yeah I loved it I saw it with <clears throat> Dame Joan and uh, Josephine and um, I just thought she was fantastic in yeah. it yeah. absolutely wonderful she yeah. brings this sort of yeah. gravitas to it all yeah and, it was, and it, it was it, what was amazing yeah. is watching all the um, the cast members in Follies seeing her on stage <laughs> because you know, she's this sort of in the character of Heidi's very unassuming at the beginning, and then suddenly she sings a song, and everyone was in floods of tears, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. myself included, having the to sing. The whole cast so. were look, and you were fabulous. Oh, well, yes. thank you, you. You were fabulous. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I only saw it the second time. And, uh, and and that was wonderful too. But I think and Janie D was wonderful. Incredible. Uh, you know, it's a it's a great thing, and it was a good, very good year for Sunday. I mean, well, a couple of years because also, did you see Company? Uh, I didn't get yes, Company. Of that was great. That was a great so, show. That was a really great show. And I think that that reimagining thing again of just mm. taking something that everyone thinks they know what it is, and then not change we, we do it a lot in opera and some audience don't like it you know but I think that they're constantly refining things yeah. and looking at them again what does it mean today yeah exactly. and I thought that the, the gen for those of you listening that didn't see um, the company it was a, a gender swap so the Bobby's the main character was an unmarried man forever and, uh, and they turned it into a, a, an unmarried mm-hmm. woman it, it looked like 
that's how it had always been written. Yeah, you couldn't tell, could you? It was it was brilliant, and it actually added stuff because you felt that the biological clock was ticking for this yeah. unmarried woman, and so uh, it gave it an extra tension. Yeah, and it, I, was, I was, it was brilliant. It was, it was lovely. I mean, something you said about the uh, the two dames helping you coating you. I think there's something to be said for that in that a lot of people outside the business get uh, the theatrical business generally get into this thing of it's a quite an unfriendly business for, or it's very or it's very cliquey or it's very lovely and all those sort of things and yet in it it's very very often incredibly supportive yeah. incredibly oh collegiate so uh, and, and I, I went into it all into this profession thinking exactly that and, yeah. and almost sort of putting up a front and I'm not going to let that be this way but I haven't had to be like that because everyone I've met has been so supportive and the, the amazing thing about working with these two amazing women is that even now after the show's finished months later yeah. we still email I emailed Josephine the other day yeah. you know and they're still offering to help me and want yeah, to help lovely. me and it's Great. just and also amazing. because well, well, you mentioned it a moment ago uh, I want to talk about it in a bit more detail but you, you sang uh, you were a young artist at Holland Park two years ago yep. two seasons ago with Traviata Violetta and uh, at that time you were working with um, uh Imelda on the same show. I was, and she came in to support you on your I night know. there, which was which was lovely of her. And just and actually, she's been amazing because she's. I'm going to see her in a few weeks to do a coaching on the dialogue for the Merry Widow. Oh, <laughs> Imelda Staunton. <laughs> I know. And I'm also doing um, street scene for Opera North, so I'm getting some coaching on because there's just so much dialogue, and that's something that I haven't had as much training as I'd like. Yeah. You know, I, I'm so about the text, in, in, and that's why. It's we good. We're going to come back to that in a minute because Chris and I mm. were talking about that before you arrived. So let's oh. talk about the Violetta. I offered you young artist Violetta, as I say, that was summer 2018 you did that. Yes. That was a big jump for you in repertoire-wise, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was. It was like a um, jumping in at the deep end, really, because yeah. I sort of, I'd done Musetta and, you know, had sort of, I was working my way up towards the big ones and then you gave me Violetta and I went, OK, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's see what happens here. And it was amazing. It was what was amazing about doing Violetta was how it developed my voice. Yeah. It's one of those, um, you know, it's a, it's not something you can just jump into. You have to work at it. And, and even now, I still take the arias to right. my teacher and still work on them. So much more I can gather from yeah. it. So much more I can get from the story as well. That I think, oh, if I did it now, I would have done this, yeah. or you know, that kind of thing. And but I think that goes to all the performers yeah. and producers, certainly, and directors. I'm sure the likes. Mm. You think, oh God, if I'd have known that. Exactly. when I was doing that but that's the thing that's why it's nice to come back to that's things true. sometimes yeah. um, but I remember because we tend to try and look after people on the young artists as well and don't and don't put them under too much pressure although as I said at the time you can't really say that when you're asking someone to do Violetta <laughs> because it just is pressure that is the role that everyone's come yeah. for and, you know, and the thing I was going to say was we had a school our first school's matinee Traviata a thousand kids in the class um, pop star reception wasn't it? they were screaming these kids we didn't cut the show at all just put the whole show out yeah. and they'd done workshops on it in school before and then they just screamed at the thing it was like you know it like amazing a I, if you ever out. want an ego boost do a school's matinee because you feel like the biggest pop star in the world it was amazing and, but, but that's another thing, though. Doing Violetta with with you yeah. was so... It was the best place to do it for the first time because it was such a supportive environment. You have, you know, even in the matinee performance, you're looked after from start to finish. So you don't feel like you're just jumping in and then you're... You know, but it's interesting, you know, around. Chris, and I talk about this a lot, and, and I, I get sort of self... Um, 
facing about it, and I, and I, I should stop it in some ways, but people were saying, oh, you look after people while you do this, and I think we do. But I tend to not want to take compliments for that because I think that's the sort of base. What it should be, yeah. That's what it should yeah. And so I get funny and people say, oh, well, just take the compliment. I, I will, but I think that that's, <laughs> that's basic manners as much as yeah. anything. And, yeah. and also the fact that you can get better performances out of people on the whole if they're relaxed and comfortable, looked after. They're not worrying about, you know, it's sort of absolute basics. I think, you know, you've got to not worry about getting paid because, you know, you've been paid. You know, about getting there on time because it's all set up. You know, yeah. you, you've had enough rehearsal time that you're prepared. You've got relationships to the, to the director or whatever. Um, if you look after those things and that person really then has got to go I've got, to, I've got the time to go on and do that performance yeah. which is what we all want and pain for it's, so or it's, yeah. it's a strange yeah. thing um, so this year you did uh, Oscar in Ballo yes. a very successful Ballo for us oh. do you enjoy that? I loved it, it was, I was saying earlier it was one of those one of those roles that I didn't expect it to be as fun and as crazy as it was because it was sort of a you know a, a, an amalgamation of dancing singing yeah. comedy tragedy and it was just sort of you know like I could just do what I wanted on the stage yeah. and it was a, it was a great Chris you saw it I didn't? loved it in fact you told me that Alison was going to be in Mary Widow on the night I saw it oh, and no. so luckily I really enjoyed <laughs> our performance <laughs> it's really awkward right now well, I would have only that if I, a, I would only given her the role, but also told you if I was confident. So, so that was so that was a really good thing. Um, Luckily, it was a great moment. It was, it yeah. was a great moment. But I think also that, that was, as you say, singing, dancing, a bit of everything, mm. which leads on to Valencia, Mary yes, Widow. I, um, I can't remember when I gave you the role. Was it during Ballo? No, it was before, before Ballo. Yeah, it was. I think it was even sort of this time last year. Right. Okay. So I must have. Yeah. Yeah. Done well in Violetta. Yeah. <laughs> um, so more dancing and Valencia. Do you know? Do you know Mary Widow well? I don't know it massively well. If I'm honest, I know well, obviously when you were offered it to me, I I looked at the story and yeah. and um, it's it's a great story. And I've looked up some of the. I've watched some videos on YouTube. As, right. as my first part of research. Yeah. But it's um it's going to be really fun. I mean, so my I, part will be fun. I, think, yeah. I hope. <laughs> but I do I do think that because just to clarify this for anyone, though, it's it's the twenty sixth of September. Mm. Now, um, uh, Chris and I have been meeting earlier on to talk about the show. We're in very early stages of it. This is the sort of time scale that we work on. We are, uh, we haven't got design or anything yet. We've talked, Chris and I have talked about it for maybe nine months. Yeah, um, I think it was before Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah. We first. That's right, it was just before Christmas. So, uh, but this is where we are today. So we are really in the early stages of, of planning. Christopher, did you know Mary Widow? Well, no, I think I'd seen it a couple of times and um, obviously knew the well-known songs from yeah. it, but I, but I didn't feel I really knew it and I, I love that. I love being offered something which um, I can go off and research and discover for myself and see what I really think it's about. Otherwise, there's a danger. I think you come to things with a preconceived idea yeah. of what they are. Um, and I, I love what I knew and I love the, the world of it. The, at, the atmosphere of it, the style of it, because it's so sophisticated and witty and charming. Mm. But I, I'm loving getting to know it better and to have now, however, it's almost a year, isn't it, before we do it, yeah. to have all that stretching ahead of us is a real luxury, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I produced it twice at Holland Park in 2000, no, uh, 2001 and uh, 2007, maybe. So it's a long time for me. But it's, it's always worked for me 
I do I do enjoy the piece when I've produced it. I haven't enjoyed every production I've seen. Right, of course not. But when I've produced it, I've really enjoyed it. And I think that, uh, and when I've seen it at other places and I've enjoyed it, I've loved it. And I think it is something that appeals to people. It does appeal to audiences. Well, I think it always has. It was a, it was a, a stupendous success when it was written, wasn't it? And um, I think until about the 60s, it was the most commercially successful musical piece of all time. Right. Um, and that's... That that says something about it. This it has a magic ingredient, doesn't yeah. it? That, yeah, it really does. Um, that just appeals to people. So when you, I mean, this is fairly open on what you're going to say to me. But um, when, so when when so let's take it out of that as well. When I ask you to direct this for Home Park, or when anyone asks you to direct a show, yeah, you've, you're a busy man. You're a busy director. You get a lot of offers of work. So you, I know that you don't say yes to everything. What what's your thought process? What's the process about when you decide? Yes, okay, I want to do that. I think it's an instinct thing, really. Um, you, you just feel good about something, and I, I think I was just very excited about the idea of something which, in a way, it is opera, but it has a sort of musical comedy yep. feel to it. It's operetta, um, and I think that 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 area of the repertoire really interests me. Um, I I want to do shows that that have a big popular appeal. And I want to make people happy. And uh, right at the moment, speaking on the 26th of September, 2019, I think we can all say we need cheering up. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so I think it's come at a good time. Well, even this meeting is cheering. This is the thing. This is where, you know, but I think that um, no. But when you, when you know, because whatever side of any divide uh, you know one is on, it's not a happy time in the no. UK at the moment. No. And I think that's often throughout theatre's life. It's been re- either reflected the times in in the pieces that are on, or, or anti it, you know, yeah. complete opposite. I think you know, talking yeah. about the Weimar Republic and all the the, the violent break things, it was yeah. really hitting at home on that. This isn't that, although it's got it's got. I think it's got more of a darkness than people often think. Yeah, we were talking we about that earlier. That there that there is a a shadowy side to it. It does become rather bittersweet. So it's not just an ease up. I mm. think it's. I'm. I like that, and I'm interested in looking at that but I do also want it to be funny yeah um, I think it, it is it is escapist entertainment yeah um, and what could be nicer in Holland Park in the summer than I think that summer? I think that's absolutely right um, Alison can I ask you the same sort of question when you get offered roles what's your what's your process do you go to the school to sing it through do you say yes 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 or what, what what's the well, what's the thing yeah well you know it's sort of at the beginning of my career now so haven't been offered that many roles yet. I've offered you loads. You have. You've been great. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm normally if like, yes, I will. Like James, you'd be laughing. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no. It's, it's you know, it, it, you're right. It's one of those things. It's an instinct thing. So obviously you've got to look at it. Can I? Can I physically sing this? Is this something that's going to show me to the right, you know, mm. ability? And um, you've also got to look at the story and think, can I actually portray this character to the best and tell the truth of this character? Because mm. for me, it's a really important thing that we're always telling the story as truthfully as possible. It's, it's a difficult thing to do sometimes in opera. You can sometimes think, I've got to make sure every note is completely perfect. Mm-hmm. But actually, that only happens when you really understand the person you're playing. And that's how I've worked. That's how I did Oscar. That's how, yeah. particularly for Violetta. Um, but I think if you talk to good opera conductors, really good opera conductors, of which uh, John Andrews are conducting this is, yeah. and Matt, Matt Waldron who conducted uh, Ballot is, mm. um, they also understand that unless you are recording it, it's not a recording. No, it is a live experience. And I personally don't like conductors that it's... It, obviously, the conductor's job is primarily about the music, but it can't all be about that. Because 
it isn't. It's a theatrical experience on that night. And yes, if you're doing a live recording, you want those things to be perfect because you've got to live with it forever. But on the night when someone's just in a, in a house watching you, yeah. you need to communicate to them. And you might not be on your best form, but if you're still really believing in what you say, even if it comes out a bit gravelly, yeah. it's how that character is saying it at that particular time. So that's what's exciting. It's different each night, and yeah. you know, yeah. It's, that's I I love that thing about our work in the the transit, the transitory nature of it. You know, have you you've done TV? A bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, obviously, it's great to see TV that's there forever and it's that moment in time. But I quite like the thing that still people say to me, "Oh, I loved your show in 2013." And, yeah, and yeah. it's gone. Yeah, yeah. it's only exactly. it's only yes, in their yeah. mind. In a way, it's that's so what nice makes it thing. special, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. No, it's very good. Um, as I mentioned a little earlier, we haven't done the designs on this yet. We know where we're going, but Chris, I'm right in thinking. Well, I'm right in thinking because so we've talked about. It, and we know it's what we both want. Are we looking at glamour and classy? Yeah, we are, exactly. And I've got a, the best designer I could ever hope for to deliver that because um, he's called Simon Higlett and he has designed, um, well, he designed Full Stop that I did earlier this year at the Grange Festival. But he also has designed a lot of the Shakespeare's I've done and lots of different shows. Um, but he's very good on style and glamour and wit. And um, uh, I think he'll create a really magical look. But we have yet to embark on that, really. We've had the briefest of chats and... I think a lot of time in October this year will be spent listening to the piece together, talking about it, coming up with different different um, options, and uh, it's a little bit of opera going. Yeah. And uh, that, that wasn't that wasn't James Clutton singing. That, that was uh, an opera I've singer. I've got to be careful. He won't pay in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we're looking at something which is very beautiful. And with, do you work with a, a number of different designers? Yeah. There's so many great designers around, yeah. and I, in fact, I find it quite agonising to, to choose which one's going to do which show. Um, but I, I felt that I mean Simon's done a lot of opera, and we've worked together on big shows very happily, and he's the easiest person to collaborate with. So I was really keen for him to do this one. Okay, and let's, moving on to that as well with the or moving on from that rather, our space notoriously difficult. In some people's eyes, yeah. In my eyes, notoriously gorgeous. I love the sheer scale of it. But then again, I'm not a director or, or a designer. Um, you've seen a lot of shows at our place now. What, yeah. what do you make of that space? I think it is challenging. Yeah, yeah it's very wide, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and and it's big. Um, but I think with a piece like this, you want a big theatre. Uh, I wouldn't want to do it somewhere tiny. And no, I, I think you you just have to sort of measure up to it and and aim high and, and be big. Um, but I think we've got a great cast and I'm, I'm optimistic. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it is that when I look at it, because when I go to see, when I go to see um, productions in other houses now, obviously I go to the opera a lot, um, it, it is that thing, I like the, the natural lighting as to the stage lighting yeah. of it getting darker throughout the evening. There's something very special about that, isn't there? Yeah, there is, and, yeah. and because obviously most operas, most plays, most everything, builds to a conclusion where it's often in night or that's the way most things go and and so it has a as a natural feeling that I really I, I have trouble when and I don't get that when I go to, to other places yeah. although I've said this to many people over the years that I sort of don't like going to the opera too much because if I go and it's and I don't like it I just sit there thinking why did they cast her why did they cast him what's the director done there why is that 
and if I like it, I just get incredibly jealous and <laughs> incredibly, incredibly upset that it wasn't my, it wasn't my show. And um, I still can enjoy it, but you think, oh God, I wish I'd done that. And uh, so it is, it, is, it is that feeling, but I think that when our place, I think you have to understand what it is, our, our space. Yeah. And that depth is pretty shallow uh, and very wide. Uh, yeah. But once you understand that, I, I often talk about it being like a um, cinemascope. Mm. Yeah. You know, you've got that view of it, and then you, once you've once you've understood it, the thing that doesn't work at our place, and admittedly we haven't done this for many years since I've had more power and more experience, is for designers and directors to try and pretend they're in a theatre, because it's yeah. not. No, and I think having I've done uh, I've worked at Regent's Park at the Open Air Theatre there, and also at the Globe. Um, and I, I've done quite a bit of open air theatre over the years, and I, I think you know you do get more um, the experience of working in this space is very helpful in terms of focus. Mm-hmm. I think so much of directing really is about telling the audience where to look at any given time, mm-hmm. and so you get better at that. I'm not saying I've solved it, but I think I've got better at it. And uh, so I, I'm actually excited about the challenge yep. of Holland Park. And there's something about walking across the park to the theatre that you don't get that in every venue, do you? So no, it's, an, it's a nice, it's a, it it's is a, good a feeling. nice thing. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, what we're going to do with translation. Uh, now, we are doing it in English, we're performing the piece in English. Um, I often say our rule at Holland Park is that we do comedies in English, because we're known for doing everything in the original language. We do comedies in English. Um, but not exclusively, because this year we did Segreto di Susanna in Italian. I think that worked very well like that. It did, Because I don't think yeah. the jokes were funny. The, the, the libretto jokes were not funny enough to get on a... without looking at the circumstances. And so the physical comedy was great. And I think yeah. we, we really The situation was very funny, wasn't it? And yeah. I think we enjoyed the twists and turns of that. But yeah. I don't think the actual specifics of individual lines was... It wasn't about gags, was it? No, I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, So we're now getting blasted out from uh, buskers in the thing, so we we won't be too much longer. Uh, But we're we're working with uh, Kit Heskett Harvey uh, as translation that was at Upper North a couple of years ago. Um, Do you know that? Have you seen that? No, but was it last year it was on? Yeah. 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 No, I didn't. I was working there at the same time, so I kept popping my head in, but I didn't get to see it. I mean, it's a great. I mean, Kit's a friend of our, uh, me and Chris's, and uh, we've known him a a long time, but I think that. It's got that theme because, like a lot of Shakespeare and a lot of opera, this is a lot of Shakespearean and opera comedies are not actually funny. It's one of those things, or they can be really unfunny. But when you get it right, it can be really funny, as it was intended. And I think his translation really gets the spirit. Of that. I think he's great. He's so experienced, and um, I saw his Magic Flute earlier this year, and it was hilarious. And right. the uh, Scottish opera production, and I. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, I think he's done a great job, and he's very collaborative. And so I'm sure we're going to be tweaking it yeah. uh, together. And I'm looking forward to that that, that process. But Alison mentioned a little while ago about dialogue and uh, things. And, and just before you arrived, Ali, we were, Chris and I were talking about dialogue in general. As in September here, I'm really looking for it to be all acoustic and no and no microphones. Um, and Chris and I were just talking about that because if we if we're not getting there like that, we will go to microphones. But you know, we're being very open here. Chris, what's your thoughts on that at the moment in September? Well, I think that's a great way to go because I, I, there's something about microphones, anything electronic, that feels alien to this piece, doesn't it, really? And, and I, I think that when people have to really project, it gives it an energy 
which can be really badly lacking in so many shows I see where they're relying on their microphones and sitting back a bit I think this is going to be great because people have to really reach up to the back row but it's a challenge and so we'll see how we go but I'm excited about that I was saying to Chris for earlier on that singers some, sometimes frustrate me <laughs> <laughs> never never frustrate me very occasionally very ca- sometimes frustrate me on that because when you know you are all trained brilliantly and about projection and then mm-hmm. sometimes when it goes to dialogue everyone brings it really in like we're in a you know in a, in a tv show but i think that um i think all opera singers have got good projection obviously otherwise they wouldn't be opera singers. yeah no and actually that's what a question i wanted to ask at you when i saw you today about the whether we were going to use microphones or not because I think the thing that I would worry about was that I would if you're really proclaiming something like this sometimes it can I don't want to ever want anything to sound contrived do you know what I mean yeah. so if I was like I'm so angry with you but I have to make sure that the person behind me yeah. at the very back of the yeah. theatre can hear me whereas sometimes if you're really shocked about something you go you go quiet you know and that's the beauty of having a microphone but no, there never used to be microphones. Exactly, and it, and all, it always works. It all so. And it works. So I now I know that's a good thing to know because you can work on the projection. Yes. You can, and it's speak. not just about volume, is it? It's, it's not, about articulation, it's exactly. clarity yeah. of thought. Yeah, you know. But I remember Angela and I uh, saw a uh, my wife Angela and I saw uh, um, Derek Jacobi in the Tempest at the Old Vic years ago, mm. and he did that final speech. He was like, whispering it. Yeah, and everyone in the place heard yeah. everywhere. Exactly. Everywhere. Yeah. everywhere. It was, you know, so it is about different things. Now it's different because we're in the open air, but I think that yeah. when you do, I honestly don't know, it's not a leading question because I don't know the answer. When you do things like Nell Gwynn at mm. the Globe, is that amplified? No. It, well, actually, very interestingly, Nell Gwynn was done originally at the Globe um, without microphones, and then we took it off on, we did it in the West End, and that was obviously without microphones because it was a small theatre. And then we toured it and we brought it back to the globe when they'd just put microphones in right. so in fact we did have microphones on the second time right. and it was very interesting there was something individual there, microphones or individual mi- microphone, individual right? microphones right. Uh, radio mics yeah and uh, well I could write a book about the differences it was fascinating yes, like absolutely that. fascinating and there were pros and cons and the, the only thing that I would say in our favour is that the uh, actors found that initially it was like a wonderful luxury that you could be, you knew that you could be heard. Every syllable would ring out. But there was a, a stage we got to where it all became a little bit relaxed and a bit held in and a bit um, lacking in energy. Yeah. And so I had to go round and remind everyone to. And, and I just think it's that is the danger of microphones. Yeah. They're not. I think there's something actors work best when they're communicating without a middleman. I I certainly think that. And also on a purely on a personal basis when I moved into opera from West End 20 years ago um, getting rid of a sound system was glory for yeah. me liberating, liberating. liberating. Yes. it was just oh god yeah. you know because you know, all the sort of old spinal tap jokes everyone turned their mic up <laughs> until everyone was at 11 and then you'll start again yeah. and suddenly having it the, the, the way to control the sound was to say to a singer sing out a bit more or to say the conductor make the orchestra a bit quieter yeah. was joyful yeah. and, and so I'm always slightly against it because I think of that immediacy but we won't make mistakes and if we think that's not working we'll yeah. move to microphones uh, but I think that uh, that would be my preference at, at, at this stage um, when you do the Shakespeare's at RSC yeah. that's not mic that's not mic so, though, though how big is the theatre in Stratford ish uh, oh gosh 1200 is it right I think um, it goes up quite high yeah very, very high yeah 
Um, and it's a it's a challenge. The actors have to really work it. Right. But that's great because yes. that gives it the energy. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're very strict there about not liking, and I think it's great. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, we come to the end here, but we, as I say, we'll try and get together a couple of times throughout the uh, throughout the period. But um, what's next for you, Alison? So next, I'm going to Opera North to do Street Scene, where Great. I am yes, covering and performing some performances of Rose. Right. Uh, do you know that piece, Chris? I, I've never seen Street Scene, and I'm definitely going. My uh, full staff, Robert Haywood, is going to be in that production. Oh, so yes. I've already yes. said that I'll be going. He's that, a so wonderful artist. Yeah, fantastic. So I can't wait. Yeah. No, I love Very that. Exciting. I mean, you know, because uh, even though we, I use them in different ways earlier on, but you know, Vile's not a million miles away from from mm. Widow. It's just a sort of different version of it. Yeah. He's writing at that time, ish, I think. Um, but I think that Vile is um, obviously much later. But he's writing that sort of style. But um, Opera North are a great company. They're good friends of mine. Or everyone up there is a great company, and they they seem to have managed that crossover between opera and musicals yeah. sort of better than any anyone. Really? Yeah. Yes, they they have done very well on that, haven't they? You know, they're I'm brilliant. Sure. I saw their um, Greek Passion. Uh, oh, did you see it last yeah, week? Yeah, wonderful. My husband's yeah. in that. He's been yeah. saying it's amazing. I'm yeah. going to see it. Oh, is he in it? Yeah, yeah. No, because Nicky Spence, who's, uh, who's, who's the lead in that, yeah. he's singing Alensky for us next year in Onyeka. Oh, fantastic. So well, he's wonderful. Yeah, he's, he he's, a, he's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, he's mad as a hatter, uh, Nicky. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, that's for you. He's on the next podcast, actually. Oh, so God. Uh, <laughs> um, at the moment. At the, at the moment. But, uh, but, uh, but uh, we, we all love him. But um, Okay, Christopher, what's next for you? Um, Sweeney Todd in Bergen. Right. Great, yeah, and uh, and then I go to South Africa to do Rocky Horror, which is sublime to the ridiculous, <laughs> wow. um, and or possibly ridiculous and sublime. Really I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I I've been doing Rocky Horror round and about for many many years, and I love it. It's one of the things I, I meant to talk about this. One of the things that um, made me really want you to go into opera and come and work for us was that. Bear with me, everyone, on this. I think that Rocky Horror is very similar to an opera audience-wise because the Rocky Horror crowd want it as they know it. Yes. Don't they? They do. They know They yes. know every word of yes. that. They're but sort of titillated by the odd little change you make. Yeah. But then they, they can, that can tip over yeah. into fury. That you yeah. dare to rewrite. Um, and I, and I think that's scripture. very similar yeah. to an opera thing. Now, on this one, I think that, that this, this would be... Com- completely recognisable as anyone that's come and see Merry Widow they'll know that this is Merry Widow this is going to look and feel as, oh, yeah. as they want it to so this is not a leading on that but I think it's an interesting thing that Rocky and Opera they want it exactly the same but when you do change something nicely then they yes. move along with it yeah. have you changed yeah. the, uh, Rocky March over what did you say 20 years 13 years 13 years yes. it's a long time yeah. have you changed things up as you've gone yes I have each course I do it with I start from scratch as if it's a whole new production. Right. Um, because I think that it's important that the actors feel they're creating it rather than just being slotted in to yeah. an existing thing. I mean, there are certain things that tend to go the same way because that's just instinct. Um, and occasionally, you know, I might say, do you know what we should do is we should go back to what we used to do with whatever. Right. But um, I try and give them as much freedom as possible and it makes it more fun for me and, yeah. and I think we end up with a better show. And it means, in fact, I think that the show has got better and better over the years and the current cast who are touring in the UK are just unbelievable. Yeah. The talent is incredible. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. And, and you break the fourth wall in that yes. a lot, don't you? Yes, we do. It, there's a lot of connection between 
the actors in the audience, which is something you always aim for, but in Rocky, it really does happen. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. It when I've seen it, and I've seen it a few times on your tours, that because I know Rocky a bit, but I, oh, I thought I knew Rocky a bit until I s- saw the show, and you realise you hardly know it at all because yes. everyone in the audience knows yeah. <laughs> every slight inference of, yeah. of thing. But uh, but it, but it's still that is a thing like operas I say that keeps coming back and you keep slightly changing it and making it uh, fresh again and that's why it appeals to a new group of people yeah there's, the there's something very special about it you can see why it's lasted for so long because it, it speaks to each generation really yeah. and we get a, an amazing mix of ages in it, which is lovely it's not just people who remember it from the 70s it's yeah. it's also young people now seem to it's, it speaks to them thank goodness no no it's great well that's very nice for you it's yes, like 13 I mean, years I do complain and Alison lastly before we finish I remember this I've got to say this for some people I know will be listening to this um, Downton Abbey aren't you in it or were no. you in it or? no no Victoria Victoria I sorry wrong one imagine wrong if I was in Downton Abbey that's why I thought you were in Downton Abbey oh no oh no you're out of the show I'm not having you if you're not in Downton Abbey Victoria you're in I'm sorry apologies yeah. Yeah. what did you give in Victoria I, was, I had my 45 seconds of TV fame in Victoria I played Jenny Lintz the Swedish Nightingale I did so I got to sing some of her arias um, what sort of stuff did she sing so she did such a wide repertoire of stuff I've actually just done a concert about her her life and sort of a tribute to all the songs she sang so she did so many roles um, like, and now I'm under pressure I'm like what did she do <laughs> a lot of roles <laughs> a lot of roles she, but she, she did so much colour tour she had this beautiful and the amazing thing about Jenny Lynch is that there are no recordings of her but people still today are like she was incredible she had this yes. beautiful voice yes. because of the fame I mean she was like the Beyonce of her, mm. yeah, her nice. time nice. but um, in this particular episode I, I played her singing a, a recital to Queen Victoria what, what were you and singing in there? So in that I did Castadiva, I did Anonkade Amirati from La Sonambula. Nice. And then I also did this really unknown piece, it was a little extract of it, from Le Trois de Nord, which is a Mayabir opera, and she worked so much with Mayabir. Oh, yes. wow. And it was with two flutes, so all this coloratory stuff, and it was just ah, lovely. amazing. Yeah, it was so lovely. good. That, that was that was a real experience. No, that's it. It's not Downton Abbey, though. Not is it? Downton Abbey. No. Sorry, sorry. Maybe that I'm so sorry, Alison. <laughs> well, I mean, I put you in the Downton Abbey film now. Yeah, in Downton Abbey two, Soprano, Alison Langer. This available. I'll be coming around with it very very soon. We've put you in the frame there, anyway. You know, so it's all good. But for now, this this now bright brightish afternoon in London on 26 September. It's a Thursday afternoon and we've had a lovely time here so Alison and Christopher thank you for talking today and so looking forward to working uh, really moving along on this show because I'm so looking forward to it next year thank you thank you very much thank Thank you. you you have been listening to from the producer's office a series of informal podcasts with James Clutton for more information on Opera Holland Park please visit www.operahollandpark.com.